2: Of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make
0: everybody count.
1: The Around the NFL Podcast has the vapors.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room full of heroes. Colleen Wolf, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey Dan. And girls.
2: I'm just so happy I don't have to do that weird awkward ISO cam thing where oh. I don't know
3: Can what to do. Can we do it TD, is there any way to do that anyway? Just an awkward We're ISO doing it. on Colleen. We're doing it. Here we go. Here we it's go. So, yeah. no, it's and summer. an awkward ISO. Too.
2: Hey! and then I do one of these, and
3: it's weird. Guns. If, you, uh, you uh, if you're, you're listening me. to the podcast on the way to work or if you're pumping iron and you want to see an awkward ISO, check out YouTube.com <laughs> where you can watch this whole episode you can see Colleen trying her best there to is, overcome awesome. the awkwardness. Yeah,
2: I know. I don't really... Yeah, it's weird.
3: The wolf, wolf woman, you usually... Uh, sit in with us for a, a portion of the podcast. I do. But with Mark Sessler in London with Connor Orr, and we're going to get to them a little bit later via the phone. You're going to sit in the entire show.
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
3: I would, I would imagine there's a lot of nerves coursing through you right now. No. <laughs> no? No, not at all. Little butterflies in the old stomach.
2: I did have a cookie before I came up here, so maybe that's what that is. But, yeah, no, I'm fine.
3: Is it true that you swallowed tobacco juice on your way to the studio?
2: <laughs> to I was vomit. questionable before the podcast, but I did play.
3: Okay. So, Colleen's <laughs> here. Thank you for joining us. A very busy day on Sunday. Colin. you're on the NFL Game Day Blitz Yep. The couch show with uh, Dave Damashek. Uh huh. How's that going?
2: NFL Now Game Day Blitz. It's good. Um, we did all sorts of stuff today. Uh, we got up, walked around a little mm-hmm. bit, so that was good. That's uh, called
3: exploring the space yeah. in the studio. Uh
2: huh. It, it was fun. And then um, David Nickel, uh, he brought his son over dressed mm. as a football, and Sheck kicked a field goal with him.
3: That mm-hmm. sounds potentially yeah. uh, litigious. Like it's, a,
2: but like it was fine. Or like because a it was franchise. all for NFL Now.
3: Dave's great with kids. <laughs> uh, so this is our Sunday night, our flagship show, I like to call it, Chris, as you know. Uh, our weekly recap, this one, week seven. Hubba hubba, we are rolling. And we got a big show this week, and we're going uh, to have a lot of games to get to, but none bigger than the showdown in the AFC East between the New England Patriots and my New York Jets. Uh, we'll talk about that. It was, It did live up to the expectations. It was a very good game. Uh, maybe not the ending that I wanted, Greg. A little different in okay. the case, Okay,
4: uh, you've <laughs> recovered, though. You seem you uh, a it little took me down a while. in the dumps.
3: Was
2: it a little awkward watching the game? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
3: As I said, Mark and Connor from London. We're going to get them on the phone, talk about both the game the Bills and Jaguars played, of course, early this morning. Uh, and the big tweet up at a London pub where I've been told... An estimate of 50 to 70 listeners were at the bar with the heroes.
2: Wow. Good How about that? Out. 50
4: to 70,000. That would be crazy.
3: <laughs> so you're, you're disappointed as No, I,
4: it was great. Uh, right, I'm impressed. looking forward to hearing more.
3: And then finally, Andrew Luck's struggles continue. We're, you know, As we're going to go through all the games, we'll get to the Colts and Saints. And Andrew Luck uh, maybe had a nice statistical day, but doesn't mean he had a good day. So that's... All this stuff we're going to get to, and a lot more. So why don't we get going? Please. We'll start, yes, at Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots, yes, remain big brother in the AFC East. Tom Brady led New England on two fourth-quarter touchdown drives. The difference in a 30-23 to 23 win over the New York Jets. Um, this was the game uh, where the Jets were up by five points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they seemed to be in good position, but Tom Brady still exists. And that's the difference in this rivalry. It's been, it has been It's not Rex Ryan's fault or, or Herm Edwards' fault or Todd Bowles' fault. It is the Patriots have perhaps the greatest quarterback ever, still in his prime at age 38, and he led the, against the number one defense, just like he did against the number one defense last year in the Super Bowl. In this case, it was the Jets' turn, getting two touchdowns put on him in the fourth quarter. Brady's surgical in this game, Greg Rosenthal, uh, looking every bit the MVP through week seven in my mind. The Jets did their best. They hung with them. It's a moral victory if you want to look at it that way. Disappointing for me as a Jets fan because I thought they were right there. But the difference is number 12.
4: Well, for the first and last time in his career, Tom Brady led the team in rushing. (laughs) and 15 yards. That just shows, though, that they didn't even bother to run. And when they tried a little bit, it didn't work. They don't have Deion Lewis in the game, so James White gets almost all the snaps at running back. They survived that. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I was thinking Tom Brady was declining in 2012. It was like three years ago when we we thought he started to go down because we're just trained to believe that players are going to get worse when they're 35, 36 years old, it's very natural. It's normal. And yet he's, he's really throwing a perfect game right now for this season. <clears throat> Obviously, his numbers, you know, yards per attempt aren't as high in this game as they're going to be, but he was playing a great defense, and he got 30 points, and they got the fourth quarter comeback and the win. But he's essentially, what is he now, 16 touchdowns, one interception, and the interception was a drop from Julian Edelman. He's essentially having like throwing a perfect game.
5: We noticed he's he remade himself over the last few years. He's much more nimble in the pocket than he was a couple years ago. And we noticed this last year when they played the Broncos, the difference between Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady and their pocket movement. in that win over the Broncos last year, Manning couldn't move in the pocket, and Brady... Mm. Looked as nimble as can be, and he's looked even more nimble this
4: year. Not to mention, he's got a hose. I mean, it, they people have been waiting for his arm to fall off, but his arm is still top-notch. It's one of the best in the league. The pick, and he
5: dealt
2: with a lot of drops, too. Ten. Yeah.
3: Which is an wow. astounding number. Five alone from Brandon LaFell, who was activated from the pup list.
4: Okay, so that's why his yards per attempt was bad.
3: Could not catch. So, really, he could have been, you know, 40 for 50 or whatever it was. I mean, this it was just such a great, a great performance. And they ran the ball nine times. All game, and people talk about how it's important to have balance and all that. And
4: four of those are Brady, and yeah, I assume but, a couple were the kneel downs. Uh,
3: yeah, and no, there was no kneel down, but uh, we'll get to that too because Brandon Marshall played a, a factor in that. Oh, but right. um, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick have the confidence, and they have something very few coaches can can say, which is we can't run the ball. Tom, take care of this, win the game, and he could do it against a great defense. I mean, it's so frustrating to watch it as a Jets fan. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching this this stuff since 2001 or whatever it's been. And when when he says things in the in the media, like I could play 10 more years, and he's playing at this level right now, I legitimately get nervous that Tom Brady will be beating my favorite team for 25 years.
2: <laughs> I I can tell right now. I always know when Dan Hansis is upset because he really <laughs> he really gets into a gets a certain look on yes. his face. It's like serious. Dan comes out. And, it's and rare. I, I just really wondered during this game, what was going on between the two of you? What was the dynamic like?
3: Well, you asked me that over um, at the damage the couch show, and it's, it's interesting because I'm first of all I'm the one that's covering the game, quote unquote. So I'm the one watching it, and Greg has his boss duties, so he's watching other games. Well,
4: we also sit apart. I'm in sitting. In, I'm in the middle of the room. Like Gre- over there. You,
3: you admitted it, you know, as much after the last Super Bowl that you've already that was like the cherry on the top of the sunday and no matter what happens going forward you don't really care so
4: That's not what I said at all. I said I'm just good <laughs> from here. They've done enough. Exactly. Nothing's and that crush that informs
3: me. your fan experience and it changes the dynamic completely. But I still
4: was nervous kind of watching uh, how this game uh, was laying out. Then again, we're at work and I'm covering two other games and I'm also, you know, managing our entire news thing. So All we're right. paying attention. I'm just saying Humble we're brag. I'm saying we're we're half paying attention to the game on some level. The thing that gets me is Dan running over after they, you know, score the first touchdown or they take a lead at some yes. point. And he just starts dancing around the room <laughs> and, and shoving it in our news director's face, Dave Shot, who's a big well, fan, and just being like, yeah. And the thing that gets me and I shot Schott not it, deserve it by the way? No, he totally deserves it. And most Patriots fans do as well. But the thing that gets me about Jets fans is no matter how many times, you know, they pull the football away from him. Like, there was no doubt in Dan's mind that the Jets were going to win this game and that this was the time. And they were all feeling so good oh, about
3: it. it. It sounds very thrown of sleaze, this yeah. opinion Ooh. to have. Yeah, because I am, listen, the last true fan standing on the Around the NFL podcast, as That's I've said. True. And the, the bottom line is I never give up on my team. I believe they're finally going to get over the hump. I can
5: testify there were quite a few fist pumps and, oh, yes, yeah, coming from the I Jets. was very
3: excited. And I wasn't obnoxious all game. I got excited at one point, but I kept, I kept to myself. Brandon Marshall has been um, the key to the Jets' offense, him and Chris Ivory this season. He's been so great on a weekly basis. But one thing I'll say, and he is on his fourth team, despite being a borderline Hall of Fame candidate at this point of his career, is he does one or two things, whether it's physically or mentally, almost every week that scratch, makes you scratch your head. In, in this case... He had a drop touchdown on third down in the, early in the fourth quarter that really obviously cost the Jets four points on an easily catchable ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick should have had three touchdowns today and no interceptions. It's a physical mistake. It happens. But then another mental error. On the last play of the game, the Jets kick a 55-yard field goal, and then they recover the onside kick. So I'm excited. Greg's, you know, not even paying attention, I was really. watching it <laughs> um, And they, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick drops back. Completes a pass around the 35-yard line, eight seconds, seven seconds, six seconds. The Jets race up. Brandon Marshall went downfield, jogging back, not aware that he needs to get to the line, doesn't get set they spiked the ball at one second, but it's an illegal procedure. Game over. That can't happen. And he tweets after the game that I should walk home to New York after what happened today. Mm-hmm. But it's like, same thing happened when he said this is the stupidest play in history with his lateral. It's been happening for 10 years. Eight, I mean, these things, I guess that's part of the Brandon Marshall experience.
4: It's part of the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, too, because I don't think Tom Brady makes that throw. That was a very risky a, a very risky throw to go in the middle of the field, and it was only like a 10-yard gain for very minimal gain, and then they were snapping the ball literally with one or two seconds. When he, when he threw, threw that pass, everyone in New England, certainly everyone on the sideline, Bill Belichick is saying, thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he deserves a little bit. They're playing for of it. a
3: hail mary, which they didn't. There wasn't a lot of time left after the recovery. I think there was around 15 seconds, but they could have maybe done a sideline out pass and given them a little bit more time. They could have tried to run room. a couple
4: more plays at that.
3: Potentially, point. no timeouts. Um, any and other things in this game? Chris Ivory had a bad hamstring, hurt it on the first play, so that was they that really was a big difference. Him too, I mean, for him to be yeah, compromised in this game, and they was were not dominating. Great. But that's this
5: part first of staff. the Chris Ivory experience. That's true. You can't expect him to play 16 games, and that's why he's one of the most valuable running backs in the NFL.
4: By the way, because there's such a drop off between him and Bilal Powell and Zach Stacy. I do admit, though, the, the, the Jets should be a little higher on that old watchability rankings, which was scientifically done, <laughs> but maybe it didn't take into account ev- everything going on there. Mar- Marcus Gilchrist, I've noticed, has played very well for them. He went
2: for a ride today on Gronk.
4: Yeah, that's
3: true. Gronk had a career-high 11 catches. Uh, You know, he's so great.
5: This is why the Patriots are the best team. They can play any style you want against the defense that calls for it. They'll spread you out like the Jets and the Bills, and they'll win with Amendola and Gronk. And then against a team like the Colts, they'll play power football, and they'll win with Gronk and Blunt. I mean, they can and play any they, style you want. And when they play want. a
4: team like the the Jets, you said it, it's not just having confidence, hey, here's the ball, uh, Tom Brady, we're not going to bother to run the game that just still takes a different sort of mindset that, that that's just we're going to approach every game totally different that just most coaches I don't think yeah. would ever have the confidence. Yeah, it's a good I point. I
2: Todd Bowles at the end of this game, too, just his facial expression when he was walking off the field, I think he really thought that they were going to win that game. They were game. close. They played
3: well. And he they looked close.
2: so upset. You could see it.
3: I don't buy into the moral victory angle, which I've heard some Jets fans and I've seen it on Twitter, but they, they, gained w- they weren't that far behind in terms of as a team, but the difference is... At they're the quarterback team. position, they're good. Jets are they good. They're good. Patriots are great. I agree.
4: The the, the Jets
3: are good. Uh, moving on. All right. So the, we talked about the Jets and Pats. Let's talk Speaking about. Speaking
4: of good teams.
3: Yes. Well, we'll yeah. see about that. High octane humil- humiliation time in Miami, where the Dolphins hung a 40 burger on the Texans in the first half, in oh. route to a 44 26 victory. The stat line that stands out above all others. Here, Kali and Wolf. The Dolphins had a thirty-five nothing lead before Houston had its first yard. Wow!
2: Yard. Wow! Wow! There's
3: wow! no wow. way that's ever insane.
2: happened in NFL. History.
3: Never, never happened before. Don't even need to check Elias Sports Bureau. <laughs> Will never happen again.
2: <laughs> My, Ryan Tannehill in this game too, you guys. Tw- he, dating back to his last game, he had twenty-five straight completions which is an NFL record. Who would have thought that Ryan Tannehill would have done that Mm. based on the way that he was playing before last week?
3: The stat lines are crazy in this game. He was 18-19 for 244, four touchdowns, perfect pass rating of 158.3. and I don't think he threw more than a couple passes in the second
4: half. Joe Philbin is somewhere thinking, what, well, you couldn't have kept me around to play uh, the Titans and the Texans? That's I mean, what Bill I Bill Lazor, you couldn't have drawn up these game plans where, while I was there. Joe Philbin would have lost to these oh, teams. No, Stop. that's unfair. They would have. His gonna- team quit
5: on him. That means they would have lost.
3: At, look at Philbin's team last year. They went through a similar stretch they where
4: quit they could have won a him. game and this then they started winning. This isn't last
5: year. They quit on their coach.
4: Dan, Dan. That's Campbell, what though, My point me. was essentially Dan Campbell's not going into the room and drawing up the offensive game plans. He, he'll be the first to tell you that. I think he's, never he's done definitely that in his life going age. in
5: and saying, "I want more Lamar Miller. And I That's want more fair. power yeah. football." They last week they played a lot less out of the shotgun than they had in the last year and a half combined. I think he's absolutely
4: changed. And, and one thing he did is play your boy Rashard Matthews every single <laughs> snap, and he had a great week last week, and you know he came through with a big play again today. Jarvis Landry's been playing well all year. I mean the. The whole thing with adding Cameron Wake last week was you just added a total zero to someone that's hurting your team on the field. To okay, now we have one of the best pass rushers in the league back again. He and Sue combined for four sacks today.
2: Jarvis Landry too. Jarvis Landry, so good.
3: Looks like a superstar in the rise. If they can ever get consistent on that offense, his fifty-yard touchdown was a thing of beauty. Well, I think it would be on any top ten list this year at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Uh, Lamar Miller is—he had 236 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Of
0: this first game. half. I mean, I've
3: never seen anything like it. Woo! And if you, and if you, <laughs> <Lamar> and they, <laughs> you know, Dan Campbell—they were actually passing the ball up 41 nothing at the end of the second quarter too. Because Campbell, I guess, this is like, oh, make a statement. This is our time to ride. I,
2: I heard him say be- that.
4: Also yeah. because he's not Gus Bradley. Well, I thought that was really impressive. Not to go back to last week, but that was one of the things I was impressed by Campbell and the team last week is they ran the whole game to set up throwing deep, being very aggressive late in that game, even though they had a big league last week, which is something that you would see you know, a smart coach do. I don't Avery? know. What,
3: what do you do it also now if you're Bill O'Brien? Well,
4: let's, let's talk about the biggest story to me coming out of this game is Arian Foster uh, is going to miss the season with a torn Achilles tendon, according to our uh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. And on one hand, it's like, well, the Texans were already bad. They're 2-5. and five. They've gotten blown out you know, twice now in, in the last month where they weren't even remotely competitive. On the other hand, Aaron Foster looked really good last week. This is a team people thought would be in the mix. They're only one game out in the AFC South, and losing Foster for the season kind of feels like that's finito. You're done.
2: Yeah, he just can't stay healthy. It's his third major surgery in two years.
3: And we know he's kind of a, a different cat, so you wonder how many of these like crazy injuries he could take mm. before he decides, do I really want to keep fighting when my body is telling me something different? And now, Wes, because I know you'll like this. And it might not be the, first time, the last time we do it, but here we go. And the disrespect that they show our quarterbacks, I'm tired of that, too. Oh no. Because both those kids can play. They just need a chance. And one of them is going to get it. Enough is enough. Every player that is out there, all 90 players, are players that I want for the 2015 season. When you effing guys show up to practice tomorrow, they better be ready to and go. Uh, Ryan Mouth didn't even make the plane to the freaking game today. He had to fly uh, commercial.
5: If I don't fly commercial. If you had to put all the money in your bank account on which player did not make his team's <laughs> plane this morning, <laughs> wouldn't he be your guest?
3: It would yes. be Ryan Mell. Yeah, Ryan Mell would be your guest. And, and Brian it. Hor is a limited player, and Ryan Mell's a total got, goober.
4: Last time, remember, it was the alarm clock. This time, he, he got legitimately got tra- said he got stuck in traffic. Using <laughs> all my excuses from when I was, like, 19 years old. Oh stuck gosh. in traffic.
3: Is Houston's coaching staff intact before their next game?
4: Oh yeah, I and I think going into next season, I don't think they they could do anything that's gonna lose their job. Just about.
0: But I mean, they had a really been.
4: good year one, a bad year two, and in a, a team, an owner, I think that's shown that he wants to uh, see see how things play out. He did it with Gary Kubiak; he gave him a lot of time. And he can't win without a quarterback.
3: Right, and yeah, to my point, I guess I made a couple weeks ago, but I think it was about Houston, J.J. Watt was the number one player in the top 100 players of 2015 this past year, and his team was losing 41 nothing at halftime today. It's like defensive players, you could be great, but you can't dictate the game the way like a quarterback can. Well,
4: their defense, you know, the quarterback to me seems everyone's just going to blame the quarterback for everything in Houston, and Brian Hoyer is not the reason why they're down 40 nothing against the Falcons, you know, and the Didn't Dolphins. They have some that, good, that's an entire
5: team. They have some good players on defense, so is it the coaching?
4: I don't know. Romeo Cornell's definitely not doing Oof. a good job. Right, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I don't think you can put everything on Brian Hoyer. He's played very well uh, the last two games going into this. Not today.
2: Nate Washington had a good game, but I mean, (laughs) it
4: was all garbage, junk
5: time,
2: junk time. Yeah, Frank Grimes did a really good job on DeAndre Hopkins.
3: Um, All right. Before we get out of this, the Dolphins are a good team. Let's see. They got the p- no. They are a good let's, team. Let's talk about Wes here because Wes is a little overexcited. The they got two cupcakes with a, a rah rah coach. What do you want to wait
5: until they start knocking off everybody and then say they're? A I good give team? them
3: all the credit in the world for taking care of business against two bum teams. Let's see what they do against against the Pats.
5: Well, that's not your measuring stick. If that's the case, then the Jets stick.
3: No, the Jets are. They good. lost. No, the Jets are good. They
5: lost to the Pats. You can't use the Pats
3: as a measuring no, stick for one. Be team competitive. Be competitive. Oh, they'll be competitive. Okay. They're a Let's different see. team now. I'm no, not they, saying you have to beat them. Be
5: competitive. No, they're
4: 3-3. What they also had was a little bit of luck that they got that bye week so nice and early so they'd get rid of Philbin and change, thing, change the tires. I mean, they're back to Everything
5: is going perfectly for them now. They needed that luck.
4: All right, next up, you
3: know, Connor Orr, Mark Sessler in London. You know, the plan was for us to have them on Skype, on the video, and we'd be able to talk to them. Technology, 2015, we're not there yet.
4: It's still going to be my favorite part of the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, the weather's video, we got him on the phone. Uh, so here we are on the line right now. Mark and Connor, are you there, boys? Hello. There we go. And this is, we did get one photo. <laughs> and if you're watching the show on YouTube, you can check out uh, Connor and Mark. Uh, looks like they're standing uh, in front of a river and holding bags of merchandise. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh,
1: the river tamed, you know, so. Uh, it's a pretty big deal, and uh, we bought uh, we bought some soccer jerseys. We're all in, baby. We're, we're we're not coming home.
3: That's right. As TD pumps his fist behind the glass, you went to a, a soccer match yesterday, correct?
1: We did. We went to
6: see uh, Fulham, which is you know I basically went in knowing literally nothing, but they have a little tiny thirty thousand person stadium called Craven Cottage. Is that right? Yeah. And it was absolutely the best time i've had in ages you you basically stand outside get a few pints and then you go in and it is utter
4: chaos
3: for two plus hours this is what mark needed by the way he needed oh, to yeah. get away experience something new take him out of the rut uh and the crushing
4: so he, tedium of life won't hit him hard at all when he gets back oh there. no
3: no 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 when he's grinding out uh, hamstring uh, injury reports on thursday but forget about that in the now you're still in london and uh, this is what we're going to get into. We'll start with the game, of course, the Bills and Jaguars, a big Jaguars victory um, uh, that we'll get into. You guys were at the stadium at Wembley covering. And we also want to, of course, talk about uh, the tweet up that you guys had, a, had at a pub uh, in uh, London town. So let's save that for the end. Let's talk about the game first. And this is a game, of course, guys, that the Jaguars jumped out to a 27-3 to lead, um, almost lost all of it. In fact, uh, uh, they did lose the lead late in the game, but then a late touchdown drive. Final score, 34-31 Jaguars over the injury-depleted Bills. Depleted Bills, what were you guys seeing live from Wembley? Well, I mean,
1: you know, the, the Jaguars locker room, I mean, you'd expect it to be like a little bit down because they were up 27-3, to 3, but... Everyone was elated. There were guys dancing in front of cameras, and there were people going nuts because you know, the sense that I got from everybody was like, let's just win a game and figure it out. Like you know, We have all 23-, 24-, 22-year-old kids. Let's just try to get one, and then you know, and we'll move on.
4: Well, they've only yeah, won 11 cool. since they fired Jack Del Rio, and they're only one game out of first place. So as bad as it was, when they lost that lead and they finally needed a drive, they did come up with one.
1: That was the biggest thing, you know, uh, I talked to like one uh, one of the players who had kind of been there for a little bit longer, and uh, he said that Blake's throw took some serious, the quote was like serious balls or something like that. because uh, We
3: call it onions know, he here at Stateside.
1: Onions, right, right. Yeah. Uh, he'd thrown like an awful pick six, like two drives or three drives before that, and it was like another deep route. It was across his body, and he nailed it. It was a, it was a great throw.
4: Then again, we might be talking about how the Jaguars completely self-destructed and Bortles was a huge reason why, if not for a very shaky penalty call. Mark, I know you uh, were in the Bills locker room, uh, and they weren't too fired up about that.
6: Well, no, I think that you know, across the board, you know, Nickel Roby was sitting in his locker room. You know, the, the difference between the Jags locker room and the Bills was in, in the Buffalo room, they got out of there about as fast as possible. And they were out in the hallway taking, you know, personal pizzas to a bus that was getting them out of the country. This this went completely <laughs> against great. what they were planning. And you know, they, they, that call was that call changed the game. I think they would have they would have iced it had they, you know, it was a third and fifteen. Roby gets nailed with the pi, seventeen yard flag, new life for the Jaguars, and it completely changed all, all week long. All the Bills talked about was the favorable matchup against the bad team. Get to four and three. Get to your bye week. Get healthy, and you know, kill some of these narratives that have plagued Rex Ryan this season. Uh, Everything went opposite. Rex didn't even seem angry after the after the game. He just seemed completely, utterly exhausted.
3: I'm sure he's drained again because he knows that it's his defense that ended up losing this game. And if you're if you're a Jets fan, you've you've seen this before. Besides, Jet uh, Rex Ryan's known for his defense, and you know there have been some very good defenses in his NFL career, but. It's not the first time a Rex Ryan defense has blown a lead on the final drive of the game. Sometimes his defenses can't close, and that's what happened today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that, you know, Rex, his defense is going to eventually, you know, he always says it's kind of an unwritten book, and, you know, it's, it's constantly evolving, but clearly something's broken here. I mean, you know, when the players are complaining about it, when, Jim Kelly, who's done you know everything he could to support Rex Ryan, is going out at charity events and bashing this defense. I mean, you know, I think that it's time to maybe you know take take a spare moment and really just kind of take a look in the mirror and see what you're doing on defense.
4: Although EJ, let's be honest, EJ Manuel lost them the game. The defense, they, the Bills turned the ball over four times, and the Bills' defense played more than well enough to win for 90% of this game until that last drive. I mean, the EJ that six minutes, Mark, you wrote about it was just. One of the six craziest minutes we've seen all season. It went from three nothing to twenty-eight to three in six minutes.
6: Yeah, and I think you know the fans. The takeaway with the fans at Wembley is they. You know, I think when this series started way back when, they they would get most excited about an extra point. They're a much savvier crowd, and I think they recognized they were watching a quarterback completely collapse. I mean, it was it was one, it was it happened all in eight plays, and and it was for all this bizarre narrative about how E.J. Manuel is seen as the better option than Tyrod Taylor and there's this sneaky thing where they want to have him be a starter. That needs to absolutely go away. Oh, it will. This game.
3: I think it will. I think that's safe to say.
5: Rex said after the game he's 100% confident in E.J. Manuel as the backup quarterback.
4: Well, as the backup quarterback. That's because oh, well. their third quarterback was on a different team a, a week ago. I mean, what's he going to say? Also,
5: I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> i'm i'm 100 sure rex ryan's lying
4: yeah i hated that um we were talking about the game what was it like like before the game you guys were walking around and and everything like that the pre-game and all that
1: yeah i mean it was it was totally cool i mean there was such like a tailgating atmosphere i mean there there were streets just like flooded with people um you know drinking and like uh there was like a waffle place that you could like get waffles before the game like (laughs) that was really cool and uh like, everybody, like, there were guys, like, we had a podcast listener calling, like, across. He was, like, 200 yards above us. And then uh, two seconds later, Mark and I were talking, and he arrived out of breath to just take a picture. Like, so it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was super amazing. I mean, well, the fans there were just some of the coolest people.
3: I think that transitions nicely to the uh, second reason for this call, which is Saturday night, uh, your meetup at a, a local pub, in London with some of our um, loyal and some extremely loyal around the NFL listeners who uh, met up with you guys. And, you know, we were getting some dispatches throughout the evening back in LA, but tell us a little bit about that. It sounds like quite a scene.
6: Yeah. I mean, we were, we were blown away because Connor and I, you know, after, after going to the game yesterday, the soccer game made our way over match. And This pub was the match. Correct. I'm still learning. You know, this, this was just a block off where the NFL on Regent, the major party that went on all day, all day long, happened. And we didn't know what to expect. I think we were thinking, you know, listen, we've, I guarantee probably like 10 people show up and they'll be awesome. We'll have a great time. We'll sit at a big table. And we walked into this quaint, rather small pub, and it was absolutely bursting with podcast listeners. And I, it was, we were stunned. And, and, and then I did not see Connor again for five plus hours because the mm. two of us <laughs> were at either ends of this bar just having great conversations with these. And you said it. They are loyal. And they were absolutely asking questions about every one of you guys. They knew everything. They want to know about Dan Handes's hair. They were asking <laughs> if the boss is an authoritarian, authoritarian figure or if he's a, a friend behind the scenes. And Wes, is everyone to know about, about the island that Wes came from and what, what it's like to go out for beers with Wes? It was unbelievable. And Patrick's body, too. <laughs> body the of body. They, people knew about david ely the nfl.com editor were asking questions about his dog and all this other business
3: wow i don't even know that ely has a dog <laughs>
5: <laughs> sounds like you guys were you guys were like the beatles in 1963
4: you were you were flying high let's admit it mark after you left there and in a good way and when you left there describe your own emotions after you left that bar that night we were just a band who made it very very big <laughs>
3: <laughs> honestly though that mean that had to be like uh you know pretty surreal
1: it was uh one of my uh, my sister's boyfriend came over too and uh, just to say hi cuz he lives in london and he saw like this line of people like taking pictures with us and he was just like what the heck is going on? Like, what is this? You know, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was uh, one of the coolest things ever. I'd, I'd ever been a part of.
4: Wow, it's wild. Cause I was thinking, like, if we did that in L. A., would any No one would show no. up in L. A. No. No. no, nobody would care. <laughs>
3: We got. I think there would be. We love you, England. Eight to ten people, for sure. But <laughs> yeah, that is the great thing about uh, this podcast is that we do have listeners literally all around the world. But uh, um, the UK audience has been so great to us from the very beginning. Like I'm, I'm talking when it was just the ATL Debate Club. There was an immediate uh, connection. So this, uh, you know, hopefully we all eventually get over there and get to experience it and meet people. But this sounds like. Uh, you know, a great meeting between human beings, Wes. And this is what this is what it's all about—that interaction, Wes. That's what I'm talking about. I'm—I
5: I'm, was gonna say I'm a little jealous. I'm very jealous of Mark and Connor that they got to have that experience, and I hope to do it myself someday.
3: Yeah, or all, well, yeah.
5: I would—I would say that
6: like one one thing—the they they, they the, what we were doing mostly was answering questions about. The entire group, and the and the one thing people want to probably in America would say, well, people in London don't know their football; they're they're probably just complete naives. Absolutely not the truth. Like I, you could walk into an American bar, and there'd be less football knowledge than what we dealt with last night. Hmm. These guys are literally obsessed with the game, and we were having great conversations. And the questions they were asking were like tough to answer in some cases. I mean, they're plugged in.
3: They were asking about uh, pro football uh, focus rankings and things of that nature. <laughs> Well,
6: well, as the night went on, there was less of there was less analytical talk.
3: And that and that uh, that takes us to the, the final question I guess I have, which is um, uh, Connor or Mark Sessler, better friends or best friends? <laughs> <laughs> the best friends. We're, we're actually getting an apartment
4: together and
1: uh, we're uh, we're cutting off all ties with everyone in the U.S.
4: Well, you guys can <laughs> hang out in your untucked plaid shirts together forever. Well, there was a
6: little street that we wandered down after the soccer game, and there was beautiful little apartments. And I, I, I texted Simone, and I basically said, you just start packing those boxes, because we are getting out of the U.S. We're done with America. Bye-bye. This,
3: this is going to be a crash back in uh, L.A. No,
4: I, I like I'm it. When worried i about this. When I first got the text, I thought, well, maybe we can do, like, men and blazers in reverse. we got to get some U.K. company. Sorry, NFL. Maybe they'll send us over there. We can go over, be a show over there, just like the Men in Blazers well, it's came over like here to talk soccer. We go over there to talk football.
3: Jimi Hendrix broke in uh, England in the UK before he broke in America. Maybe we could be the Hendrix of uh, sports podcasts.
5: I like where this is going. I think there's something to it.
3: <laughs> so, Hendrix,
6: I'm not the Hendrix model ends poorly. So we, maybe yeah, wanna... this is like David Hasselhoff
4: being huge in Germany or whatever. <laughs>
3: um all right connor mark i know you have flights uh connor back to your haunted mansion uh mark back to your invisible prison here in southern california uh, so travel not safely true. what's that
1: he said not true
3: okay travel safely and uh that sounds like a great trip and a, a good adventure and we can't wait to see you guys cheers see you guys all right, so there you go, Colleen. Obviously, uh, not part of that. No, I'm
2: not I wasn't. Mm-mm.
3: You do have ties yourself to uh, England.
2: Yeah, I studied abroad there, so mm. I lived there wow. for like four months, I which didn't was know this awesome. Enough. But uh, the exchange the exchange rate was crazy at that time. So I mean, the pound was like it was so expensive to do anything. So I didn't really get to do a whole lot. So
4: you're there. So you're not a fan. Of uh, London, or our oh, park. I loved that's it. Here. It was great,
2: but I did go surfing in the Irish Sea. That happened. Oh. Yeah, I went coastering and hiking. Hummel I went rag. up to Wales. Yeah, did that, that is almost. What's rag? coasteering? Yeah, <laughs> and coasteering is like um, cliff jumping, and also it's like there's all these crazy rock formations. So you mm. climb up, and then we were jumping off ruins. You went and stuff. surfing. It's the craziest. Yeah, that's pretty
4: badass. And you went surfing on Saturday here in Southern uh
2: I did, California. and actually, and I'm just realizing it at this moment. Mm. The last time I had surfed before yesterday was in the IRC. All
3: so, right, we yeah. got it. You're exotic and do exciting things, and you're active. All Great right. job, Colleen.
4: Dan doesn't, Dan doesn't like people that go to other He Not only doesn't like to go to other countries himself, he doesn't like hearing stories about it. This narrative
3: countries. is getting uh, tiresome.
4: <laughs> I love the world. There was by just way, a massive tweet know, up for our podcast. I know Mark, uh, you know, he texts Simone, hey, we're moving over to London. You know, I love. I would love London too, but, you know, that picture looked pretty gloomy. I'll take uh, L.A. I was on the beach as well, 85 degrees yesterday, in week seven. I'll, Give nice. me the stars and stripes.
3: Nice.
2: Mark and Connor looked great, by the way, in that photo really where they they should have been holding hands almost. It was perfect. This it's really right is the, the show. River.
3: If you have not watched the podcast on Sunday night yet on YouTube, (laughs) this is the show. Because between Colleen being here, which helps on a number of levels for us, and then on top of it, you get to see the photo as well, it's going to be good. Please watch us.
5: You can see that little creek that they call the River Thames, too. Oh,
3: how dare you. Wow, not
5: impressed with that river.
3: Shots fired. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the games. Let's move it to the NFC where Teddy Bridgewater threw for 316 yards and two scores, and the Vikings sacked Matthew Stafford seven times in a 28-19 win over the Lions. Colleen, the Lions had an 11-point lead in this game, the hell went wrong?
2: The offensive line, that oh, went wrong. That's important. Uh, I mean, it, it, they had a season high, Minneapolis did, or Minnesota, um, had seven sacks in this game. And Detroit, they hadn't allowed that many all season <coughs> long. So the offensive line completely imploded. Stafford actually needed x-rays after the game. Took but another beating. Said it was fine. Um, but on the other side of things, we saw guys like Stephon Diggs again have another great game. For real. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, if he could play the Lions all the time, that'd be great for him. He had a, an awesome game for him. Also, AP, well, he didn't end up being six, so that's good. He played.
3: The best part is, so yes, the story, and we, we uh, kind of hinted at it earlier in the podcast, was that on the flight into Detroit, it was a bumpy flight, and Adrian Peterson, and, and kids, you should not do this because it's gross and also dangerous for you. Uh, he 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 takes dip the chew Ew. and he swallowed it. This according
4: is, to the reporting, according, report that according
3: he to the telecast, uh, he swallowed it when they hit a bump or when they were landing. Uh, he, his story is that it was some shellfish that he ate that led to a reaction. He doesn't know where the tobacco story came from, but here's what I if I were him, that's exactly what I would say too. Like, what? What tobacco story? No, no, no chew. It was just seafood. You yeah. said,
2: That's I'm how, immune good. to swallowing dip. I've been doing it for 10 years.
4: Oh. I feel like yes.
2: it might have happened. Well, you build did, up an
4: immunity to that? Well, this did come up in the newsroom, and, and there was a former baseball player that was like, well, some people do swallow the dip. And I was like, on purpose? Really? That's, That's ew, gotta to do damage.
5: I've baseball for years. i never met anybody who swallowed on purpose.
3: I, I don't know if I share this story on the podcast before, but I'll do it real quick. I used to go to all my dad's softball games on Sunday mornings as a boy, and one time there was this guy, like, a guy trying to be a cool guy. He had a big wad in his mouth, and he was pitching, and he uh, accidentally swallowed it, and then within seconds just started yakking all over the pitcher's mound, and like, all, like, the kids watching were, like, screaming, and, like, yeah. everybody's like, oh, my
2: God. Oh, I, I tried it one time,
3: mm. it's and not good, I right?
2: almost passed out yeah. from it.
3: Some people love it.
5: I had a coach who encouraged me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad man, apparently, but this was junior year in high school and I took some red man and I was out there playing shortstop, seeing pink elephants. I mean, it, it gets you hot.
3: Why was he encouraging you to do it? Be a man, have some chew. Very strange.
5: Dan's thinking, this was the
4: hey, how do I get this back to the game? Yeah, let's try to <laughs> Lions it back. fans were yes. wanting to throw up after watching another home loss. I don't get that's it. How, that's how it, <laughs> yeah, it. That's how bad it was. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Doesn't yep. it
3: feel like they've lost at home every week, too? It
4: also feels like the Lions, Vikings, and Bears have only played each other this season. Like, that's how the Vikings are 4-2. and mm. I don't know why. It seems like this NFC North is in this strange Bermuda Triangle. This is the second time these two teams have played, so that it's not just a... A feeling that the Vikings have been in the division a lot. They they at least have an identity. I think they kind of know what they are. It might not be that exciting, but their defense is it. We
3: haven't gotten a lot of good Bridgewater games start to finish this year. I mean, if they if he starts playing at a more consistent level and Diggs being a guy that could end up being a player now, a fifth round pick could be a steal. You put in some AP. This this team is a playoff team. I feel like they are the, one of the wild card teams. Uh, they look that way to me so far.
5: Well, they traded Hodges, a linebacker two games ago and look what Eric Kendricks has done since then. Led the team Mm. in tackles in week six. This he leaves them in sacks with two in this game. And then look at their last two draft classes. Two thousand fourteen brings you your quarterback. And Anthony Barr, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. You get Eric Kendricks and Stephon Diggs here. We haven't
4: seen much of Trey Wayne's yet, but that could be great back-to-back draft class. Linval Joseph is playing pretty well with them. It was a draft pick, uh, I mean, a free agent pickup a couple years ago that didn't get a lot of love, but he is getting a lot of money. And they're surviving games where they're not getting great Adrian Peterson games. You know, last week they won a game where he struggled. This week he struggled for most of the game, but then broke off a seventy-five yard run, and that was basically it for him for the day.
3: Is it safe to say that he's not quite the same guy anymore?
4: I think it's the offensive line. He didn't have a chance last week. I yeah. didn't see this game yet, but last
5: week he, he didn't have a pretty chance.
3: Pretty good, actually. Yeah, pretty good though. I mean, that's not
4: Adrian. No, you I, know, I he think it's the like line. Peterson.
2: He, the I think a, a lot of times um, before when I've seen his games this year, he didn't look like he could really reach that next level when he was running. It almost looked like his legs were a little heavy. And on that one long run that he had, he I thought reached that speed.
3: He's always had a little hitch in his giddyup, yeah. even when, at a, you know at his peak uh, when he ran for two thousand yards. So he's almost hard to judge in that spot. But yeah, maybe some improved line play. Uh, let's move on. The Saints opened up. Their road matchup against the Colts with 20 unanswered points, then held on, come uh, comeback by the Colts. But ultimately, the Saints, a 27-21 to 21 win in Indy. Another terrible loss for the Colts. Wes, Andrew Luck threw for 333 yards, three scores. But his stat line was deceiving, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, pay no attention to the box score. He played terribly. Uh, he started out 0 for 5, didn't complete a pass until nine minutes left in the second quarter, It's the slowest start he's had in a game in his career, and he's regressed. We said last week he's not the same player he was last year. We saw that in week one, and we're still seeing it now. To me, I don't care what the rest of the problem is with the Colts. Andrew Luck is the biggest problem when your franchise quarterback has regressed to the extent that he has, where it's his arm, his pocket presence, which Greg once termed the
4: eighth wonder of the world, (laughs) and now it's a disadvantage every week. Wow. It's crazy to hear Chris say that, too, because, you know, everyone loves Andrew Luck. But to even suggest that Luck had some weaknesses in the past would be worth five minutes scolding from Wes. I mean, he's about as big a fan of of Andrew Luck. But, you know, Wes, of course, to his credit, is going to tell you what he sees. And what you see out of Andrew Luck this year is a guy, if it was a different quarterback, would just be getting killed. Because of the pocket presence, because of the decision-making um, because of the way they're losing games with him and then they weren't losing games with Matt Hasselbeck, the whole thing is, is bizarre.
2: And the Colts keep getting shut out. I mean, the fir- of the first half of these games, mm. this was the third time this year. Out of seven games, they've been shut out three times. Also, you have T.Y. Hilton, who, is this a violation? Because I brought it up on the show earlier today. T.Y. Hilton, they're down 20 points, and he scores a touchdown, and he's celebrating. He's still doing his dance. <laughs> I mean, when right. you're down 20-some points... Shouldn't you maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that, or no?
3: Perhaps. But there are personal glories to achieve, you know?
2: You're right, Dan. Some guys are
3: into the personal glory angle. We should all take a
2: page from your book.
3: Yeah, it's true. It's about the team.
5: (laughs) Beyond luck, this team, I think they were down 21 to nothing. The defense was just going through the motions, allowing Mark Ingram to run right through them. It's a team-wide problem, and I think... They got those gar- garbage time touchdowns. Delvin Bro fell down on both of the long passes to T. Y. Hilton. If not for those two plays, I think you mm. might hear some talk about Chuck Pagano.
4: Well, I was just about well, to say, Dan fi- Abbotport said he's lasting till the end of the season. He said that before, and he he was first in line to say Pagano is on the hot seat this year. Those things can change. In that he's going to last through the season. Everything's first fluid the pure, in the NFL. I was going to say, sure. if
3: you're Jim Irsay, uh, aren't you maybe sitting down with Ryan Grigson and saying, hey, do we have a? A Dan Campbell on this coaching staff, like, is there someone, someone who knows on the staff really well? that <laughs> that every yeah <laughs> that everyone likes, and maybe they could rally around him and save the season? Because let's face it, this even yeah they might win this division, but this is not a Super Bowl contender right now. Maybe that's what they need to do. They got to do something rash
4: or something desperate. I think that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm not even that huge. A- Pagano fan, but just the success that he's had there and the fact that they're in first place and the fact that the players do seem to love him, that you you let him play out the season. Football if the players love him so much, how come tons. they
5: keep doing undisciplined things like turnovers... Just hordes of ill-timed penalties, and then today, like going through the motions. I don't. Think not,
4: I don't think going to ch- Rob Chudzinski is going to change that, though. I mean, I think you let them play out the season, especially when you're in first place, and see if they have. They've had success.
5: If they have more halves like they did the first half today, I, I don't care what our guys are reporting. NFL situations are fluid.
3: Um, a little sandwich talk, real quick. Wes, uh, Greg, you have a lock right now with your uh, Andrew Luck won't receive an MVP vote.
4: Oh yeah, I like that.
3: Enjoy your sandwich. Last year, Brandon Cook's wager is in trouble. However... Big trouble. Your boy... I don't know if Mark Ingram was involved with any wagers uh, or props this year, but you, he is your boy. He had a big game today.
4: He did, thanks to the Colts' defense. <laughs> he ran really well. Well, but- let's give, let's talk about the Saints for <clears throat> a, a minute, quickly. Do we think they're back here in the mix at 3-4? and four?
5: Their defense is playing a, a lot better. Um, I, I tend to think this was on luck today, and the fact that the Colts are a train wreck, but the Saints' defense... Played well. Bro's been good, like we mentioned, Bro. for the past month. Uh, Stefan Anthony came to play. Cameron Jordan has five sacks in his last
4: two games. He's played well this year. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: This is a little bit of a scary fork week. We'll get into it more on Tuesday, but a little bit nervous. That's all I'm going to say. A couple teams got me a little nervous now.
2: What about Kihaha? He was good, too. Kaha? He's been good. Kaha. He has been good. Aoi I mean, and the
4: thing that I took what with was the that? Falcons game was they looked like the Saints <laughs> offense. And I know maybe it wasn't perfect here today, but... Look like the Saints offense. 450 yards. You're Greg getting excited about the Saints. Nah, they're in the mix. The, the NFC's boys. NFC's gonna be tricky to get to get that second wild card spot. That's the thing. They're still three games behind second place in the NFC. I don't, nah, they're a long way from match. I
5: don't consider the Saints all that frisky for the wildcard picture. They're certainly harder to beat now than they were a month ago, but I, I don't think they're a playoff team.
3: Let's move back to the AFC. The Chiefs five game losing streak is dunzo. It's over. Alex Smith threw for 251 yards and a score. Charkandrick West added 110 yards in his first TD, a 23-13 win over the injury-plagued Steelers. West, the Steelers were in trouble when they fell behind and needed Landry Jones to start making plays. Accurate?
5: More of the same from their play calling and coaching. That They shackle their quarterback, won't let him attempt any passes, go run heavy, and then when they need him, they expect him to play well. But I don't think that's a winning recipe. And it's, a, it's one of the reasons why the Cowboys went from Brandon Wheaton to Castle because you can't run an offense when you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball. Mm. And Steelers didn't trust Landry Jones to throw the ball until they were coming from behind. At that point, he had three turnovers.
4: I feel like the football gods were just saying both of these teams were due. The Chiefs were very much overdue for a win. They've been in all these games. Their defense has really impressed me the last few weeks playing very well. And while the Steelers got away with a couple here, you go on the road to Kansas City. I mean, it wasn't... To me, the records weren't that important when Landry Jones was starting; they weren't favored in
3: That, that was field. a tough spot for Landry Jones going to Casey. As bad as Casey's records been, they you know they still got some fight in them, or at least they have some guys that can make plays in their building. So I don't see this as a huge upset that the Steelers went down in the spot. And at four, what they're four and three now?
4: No, yeah, they're four and three. So that AFC. So they are okay. They're
3: fine. That
5: four AFC... and three. Tomlin said after the game, I believe that he expects Big Ben to come back to face the Bengals next week.
4: Each time you lose these games, though, you know, you, that makes it like next week, for instance, we're talking Bengals-Steelers. You, you have to win that game or the division's over at midseason. You're four losses behind if you don't win that game. So that's what these losses do, that they are just be fighting for a wild card unless they can sweep the Bengals. To the
3: AFC West, Derek Carr threw three touchdown passes. And the Oakland Raiders, uh, speaking of four teams, cruised to a 37-29 to win over the Chargers. In a game that wasn't nearly as close as the final score indicated.
4: It was not. It was 30 to 6 at halftime. It was 37 to (laughs) 6. It was a blowout. After nine minutes of the third quarter. It was 37 to 6 going into the fourth quarter. You know, the Raiders are here and they're not going anywhere. And I don't think they're going to the playoffs, so I don't think they're gonna get us on the fork, but they're a legitimate team. And this AFC West is not great this year, and it was begging for one of these two teams, I think to step up and say, "Okay, we're going to be the second place team in this division. We're going to be in the mix." I think the Raiders are that team. They they are to be one of the more consistent teams in the league. Wait, the, the Raiders. Last time we were this high on them was a few weeks ago and then they went and lost to the Bears. But I don't think they were that bad in, I don't How think they're a consistent? great I don't think they're a great team. I think they outplayed the Bears for most of that game. I think Derek Carr is pretty much the same guy each and every week. Amari Cooper is making Derek Stay. Carr's numbers look insane. Derek Carr was very late on a long throw down the field, and Amari Cooper just jumps up and turns it into a 42-yard gain. He takes a five-yard little throw, and then he makes seven people miss and runs it in for 55 yards. I just think it's a good team. Not a great
3: team, but a good team. The Raiders are bad for years and years and years and years. They finally have now hit on back-to-back first-round picks. First uh, Khalil Mack, now Amari Cooper, and you're seeing the difference on the field.
2: You are. And also, luckily, MC Hammer was live-tweeting this entire game. Hammer was? Ah, yeah. It was Hammer time all the time on this. I mean, he had seen... The social media center on
4: NFL Sunday Blitz was really enjoying that, I bet.
2: yes, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. Apparently,
4: um,
3: bankruptcy doesn't preclude you. From getting a Twitter account, it's free.
2: It's free, which is great for everybody. Um, But the Chargers, when you look at their situation, they were down by 20 points at home to the Raiders. That is no good.
4: No, Phillip Rivers started this game very poorly. He, he, He would admit it. He did not play well at all in the first half. By then, the game was basically over. He had some ugly misses, an ugly interception, and their defense has been pretty bad overall all season. I have never seen, I've never seen Mike McCoy have any human emotion, but I've definitely never seen him be as angry as he was at the podium with some of the questions after the game, and it just felt like he's gripping that podium a little tighter and he's starting to feel the walls coming in. This is an ugly 2-5 and five start for a team that has a really easy schedule the next month. So they, in theory, could bounce back a little bit, but this is a bad spot.
3: But they, I mean, you say they have an easy schedule, but we kind of know who they are. They they can get beat by any bad team. On their on their best day, they can beat a good team. But I don't see them being a team that can go on a run. And, and Colleen, you know, sitting on in on a full show, I don't hand these invites out easily.
2: Right. I know that.
3: Not like candy on I'm Halloween. I'm aware. Yeah. And, no, it was tough getting
2: in here today.
3: Joke. <laughs> uh, but you are invited into our uh, conference room where we have, we have coffee. And, uh, and Danish. Croissants, Danish. Some bagels, a little uh, lox. Greg, we got everything you could need.
2: Give wow. some fish. Is that going on? What,
4: <laughs> Whoa, what, that? what a great Jewish outreach there. The old <laughs> lox. Thanks,
3: buddy. Oatmeal. Everything you could ever want uh, for breakfast. Fork and teams? Well, we're gonna, the fork committee will commence uh, conversations early this week, and
4: you are welcome. That's wonderful. I'll give you a key card. We'll talk okay. about the Chargers, the, the great. team of ATL. Uh, from a year ago. Let's not talk and, about
5: them being the team of
4: ATL. Uh, and we could also fork... In, well, actually, that's not fair. It's, I just have to say it had to have been a great moment for Raiders fans there at the game today because they were loud and proud and they were giving standing ovations to to much of the game. Phillip Rivers had to use a silent count again. It really had trouble getting oh plays God. off because it was just... <laughs> It was a party in the second half, and I had to think, like, for those Raiders fans that have been loyal all this time and they're going to games for the Chargers, I mean, it had to have been a lot of fun to just see them, you know, creaming. It had to have been heard. a lot of fun
5: to watch that insane cut that Amari Cooper put on Jimmy. Oh, that was,
2: yes. oh,
4: yes.
5: was insane,
2: yeah.
3: And, you know, I got to give credit to any San Diego fans that went to that game after the news over the weekend uh, about the teams moving forward uh, with their quest to be playing in Los Angeles. Uh it's just the situation is getting grim for the Chargers this year. There's no way around it. They're 2 and 5. There's a lot of unrest in their own stadium situation. It's just it's not not a team I see making a spirited run to January.
2: No Antonio Gates didn't help the situation either for Phil Rivers today.
3: Did not help at all. All right. Moving on. Let's uh another is it inter is it interconference or intra conference? I always get this one.
4: Who are the teams? Why not just say out of conference?
3: I like to go with inter-intra. <laughs> <Atlanta, laughs> you don't know Tennessee. the difference between the two. Uh, if I know it correctly, I That's prefer it. Inter- Inter-conference battle between the Falcons and the Titans. Matt Ryan threw for 251 yards at a touchdown. And Devonta Freeman ran for another uh, 100 yards, 116 this time. The Falcons edged the Titans 10-7. I don't uh. like that score at all for the Falcons. But they won. Greg... Mediocre performance from Matt Ryan, and there's been quite a few yeah, I'm now insulted. this season.
4: He even got in that little intro you did. Yeah, as I if know. Throwing for 251 yards is some great achievement. There's he, not a lot to talk about this struggled. game setup. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Six struggled. and one, the Falcons. I would say what they did was well. It's hard to put a, a bow on their defense is greater than the sum of its parts that both quarterbacks were lousy, and after Matt Ryan tried to lose the game to the Titans, Zach Mettenberger did a better job losing it with a late interception to Atlanta. The one difference is Atlanta has a running game. They have Devonta Freeman. You know you're going to get that each week, and that was, to me, the biggest difference in the game.
5: All you fans of teams want your your team to trade for Zach Mettenberger. Good luck. (laughs)
3: Has- this is a shout at Greg, by the way. No, it's- Read right through it.
5: Greg didn't write a letter to his team saying trade for Zach
3: Mettenberger. Oh wow. Who did that? This oh, I was, is I was worried that I did.
5: No, <laughs> he okay. has eleven drives today, they scored on one, which is about what he was last year when he had one of the worst oh, he stinks. drives. It, one of the worst successful I, drive percentages in, in, in NFL
4: history and everyone decided he was a good quarterback I, I think he has potential I'm not going to back off what I saw from last season this was a this was a bad performance out of him it was he had Charlie Whitehurst disease a lot of six yard throws on third and 12 uh, just a lot of pointless drives the Titans are a tough watch uh right now what happened by and the then, way
3: we were so excited about the Titans I know Mariota being hurt doesn't help anything but they here, here they are Uh, One in five, you know,
4: not being a team that's fun to watch. A team of ATL nominated not too long ago. They just had a four-game homestand, which never, ever happens in the NFL. Four straight home games. And they lost all four. Oof. And I was thinking, like, it was like the first time in team history they've ever lost a four-game home. Wow. Well, no, no kidding. I mean, how many four-game right, home stands can you ever even have? That might be the first one ever, and you, and you lost all four. I mean, that's hard to do. I hate from Greg. Yeah, they Greg, have a Antonio Andrews too. Bit. Yes, Antonio Andrews, they decide, is their primary back. He was the guy this today.
5: Is what, they, they judge skill, position, talent worse than any team in the league, and they have for the last few years. Boy. It's
2: amazing two teams in the NFL have six wins despite their quarterback.
3: Hmm.
4: I wouldn't say that about Matt Ryan. I
3: he's, mean,
2: he's, he made a lot of mistakes. He's not, he's not having, having a good year.
3: I can tell you that because our fantasy team, Milana Weintraub, I pounded the table on draft day, Say, let's make sure we get Ryan off the board here, and I'm getting rewarded with like one touchdown a week.
4: Yeah, well, I think he's played solid overall until the last couple weeks. Yeah, he has it's not, really just been the last he two He has not played well the last two weeks. He threw an interception. They decided to go for it on fourth and goal on the, on the goal line with just four minutes left and up three, which was a really gutsy decision, and he threw an interception on the play. Mettenberger gets them back in field goal range. Looked like this thing was going to overtime, and then Mettenberger gives it right back. Hmm. Is it, it saved us from a meaningless overtime. What
3: if they go 3-13? and 13? Are they the Tytoons again? Mm. Have they cleared t- Tytoons because Mariota's there? But if they still are tough to watch and don't really matter in, in, in a sense of the NFL, are they still the Tytoons? I, wait and see. I don't think
2: you can go back on it.
3: If Mariota turns into, <laughs> like, the first
5: six games at Andrew Luck this year, then, yeah, that they might mm. go Tytoons, but...
3: It's sad we're even having this conversation. It's going to
5: depend on how the quarterback plays, like every other team in the league.
3: Hey, more interconference football. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get excited, I Greg.
4: Myself and gave myself this one, baby.
3: Todd Gurley rushed for 128 yards, two scores, the first two touchdowns of his career, leading the St. Louis Rams 24-6 win over the fading Cleveland Browns. Greg Todd Gurley, just a rookie, but he's had a
4: transformational effect. On your boys, the 3-3 three and three Rams. It, it's amazing how consistent it is every week that he looks like the best player on the field three straight weeks. It's 128 yards rushing. They, they said, even going into the game, they wanted to get him involved as a receiver more, and so they did. He led the team with four receptions, had 35 yards receiving. There was very little separating these te- two teams other than the f- Browns turned it over four times on fumbles. Two of them were McCown, two of them from the receivers. And the Rams had Todd Gurley. That was really it. I mean, the Rams won with as little passing for most of the game as you can win with. I just
5: realized you were being 100% serious when you said you gave yourself a treat by letting yourself watch.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were joking, too. Uh, no, I was joking. Oh. I was in the end. But uh, I was trying to give myself a treat. I thought it'd be fun, but no. You, you thought it, this it, it game would be was...
5: fun at the Edward James almost Dome.
4: Uh, Gurley finished with uh, 163 yards from scrimmage. That was the same as uh, Nick Foles, 163 Mm. yards passing. That's pretty much Jeff Fisher's
5: dream. I thought Le'Veon Bell was headed toward that Gronk, J.J. Watt territory where he's the gold standard Mm. by quite a bit at the position. I think Gurley's right there with Le'Veon Bell. I
4: saw you getting a little Twitter spat about this. I don't know. I got to see him be as big a factor in the receiving game because that's not just something like, oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. But he's a better
5: runner than Bell. That's why I think it's close, because Bell's a better receiver. And I know people who don't watch football will say, hey, you can't say that after three games. No, it's
4: pretty easy to see.
2: I mean, he looks so powerful when he runs that you really can't you, – you have to take that seriously because he just looks so good right now.
4: And he can – well, the thing you love is he can – he broke a tackle and then runs 48 yards, but then he also can make people miss in a small space without breaking the tackle, and he went around end for, I think it was a 16-yard touchdown at one point. So, I mean, he he's can average do... six yards per carry on the season. He can do pretty much anything as, as a running back. He, he makes them legit. They're one of those... They're, don't be hesitant. Say it. He's great. He's just not... A, I, I love Le'Veon Bell. I, so I do think I. He is so good as a receiver, you can't put Gurley right there. Gurley's so
5: good. I mean, Gurley's a good receiver, too, and he's so great as a runner. Girly fever. Girly man.
4: Um, we might Rams, see Johnny
5: Manziel too start
2: next week. Yeah, Josh McCown
4: oh. got hurt, shoulder injury. Late, yeah, late in the game, he got the shoulder injury. Manziel comes in. We'll see. I mean, now they might have no. They have. You no, don't
5: think they go to Austin Davis?
3: No.
4: Why not? I mean, why? They didn't they? Then they're they, they 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 just brought, giving up
3: on Johnny Manziel entirely. Manziel is that. the
4: backup quarterback, and he played today, so that tells me he's the backup quarterback. It was crazy. Mark is lucky he was in London for this game because this did not look like two uneven teams. I think the Browns outgained him and found a way to lose twenty four to six. They just that's the story. Just with kept that team. losing fumbles and whenever they'd have a big play, a penalty took it back. I mean, a Joe Thomas holding penalty took away a huge play.
3: So you have speaking of sandwich wagers uh, or propositions. Greg, you have the Rams finishing in second place. It's time for them to start stacking some dubs. By the way, I mean
4: this was one of those games we kind of said, "Oh, this is where we learn about the Rams." Did they win a game? They're supposed to. Well, they did. All
3: right, they won this game. Now you got to win. You got the Niners next week at home. Take care of business there. Get over five hundred. At Vikings is a tough but not impossible game. And then you got home to Bears, and then at Ravens. So you should be in good position by the time you face at Bengals, home to Cardinals, back-to-back weeks in uh, late November, early December. Come on, Greg. I Take mean, care of business here.
4: They're in second place. The season ended today. I wanted to bet. We don't bet. Sandwich.
3: <laughs> uh, moving on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in action against the Redskins. And the Redskins fell behind 24-0 in this game. But here comes Wes's boy, Kirk Cousins, throwing three second-half touchdown passes, including the go-ahead score with 24 seconds to play. In the end, it was the Redskins. A 31-30 win. A thriller over the Bucks, Colleen. Yes. You like that? You like that?
2: Kirk Cousins. How about him? Three touchdowns in this one in the second half alone. This was his second time coming back on that final drive. Down 24-0. You guys saw the video how fired up he was after the game, but mm. he looked great in the game, too. Jordan I didn't Reed. see the video.
3: What are we talking about? Oh,
2: it's it, – he – what was it? Some type of gif or something? I don't know. Something went out. But he – what did he say? You well, like that, well, right?
3: Well,
4: basically, we, we had – I. It, I partly take responsibility. I was sending Greg
3: up there, but then he left you hang out to dry
4: for a couple of seconds fine. there. I floundered. I, was, for I a take minute. responsibility in part. <laughs> Redskins fans should thank me for the greatest comeback in Washington Redskins history. Mm. This team has been around for what, 80 years? West, even Since longer. The 30s, at least. It, an insane amount time. of time. And this was the greatest one ever. And it started when I sent an email to our producer to get a little clip ready of Wes really talking up that he wouldn't fork the Redskins cuz I was ready to stick it to Wes and fork him and then somewhere Kirk <laughs> Cousins heard it and he started going crazy and he engineers the comeback and then he has a message for me
1: You like that? You like that?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice. Wait, run that you like back. That? Yeah.
1: You like that?
3: <laughs> That's like if you play like if I played that for my wife, it she she'd be like sports are so stupid. <laughs>
4: That's Kirk Cousins.
2: I just have this like blurred image of Look at Cousins a maniac from, <laughs> from the actual total
4: video. <laughs> it's him going to the locker room. He randomly you like sees you like that. He randomly sees a reporter. At so, first, everyone thought it's like he's yelling at his critics and really sticking it to them, but he really wasn't. He was just wait. seeing a guy. He just seeing a reporter. He knows, and he's just kind of like he just said, "I get so amped up and so crazy after the game." He's like, "I've done that before." It was just sort of
3: today. If you got like a yeah. um, This is a job you could farm off to someone. But if you got like a Limp (laughs) Biscuit instrumental track and then just laid that on top, it would sound like one of Limp Biscuit's hits from the early 2000s. Like, like like this game.
2: It sounds like Will Farrell when he's like, we can't lose our composure.
3: (laughs) And that's the funny thing. He's dead serious, like all fired up. But. Good for Kirk Cousins, but, you know, Wes was in a bizarre pounding the table moment on the last podcast saying that everyone in the NFC East should be forked except for the Redskins. Well, that was Let's not go crazy that, that, that they beat the Bucks today. That, that they was needed the last a point second comeback. that you
5: guys think that the rest of
4: the NFC East are some great teams. No, that helps your narrative. That's never no, been what we've been said. Why would you single out the Redskins? as they the, the worst. worst. You can they make aren't it, the worst. You can make a choice of who you don't think is going to make it. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a playoff type of quarterback. I don't think they have anything
5: going on. You've been crapping on Kirk Cousins all year. And it's something today. 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions that hasn't been done by a Redskins quarterback in the 21st century.
4: Well, I just said he had the greatest comeback ever. That's even better. There you go. That was back, you know, when Get off his back. the, when the Redskins the were bye. having different, you know, <laughs> racist controversies. Going to the bye week, he it's got definitely. Jordan Reed back
5: today. Yeah. He gets Deshaun Jackson back, he gets some offensive wait. linemen back. Wait, wait, wait. He's getting no help
4: from it, the running game. It's hard to keep track of all the Chris Wesley rules because you were just telling us a few weeks ago when we were talking about some good performance against the Bucks that nothing that happens against the Bucks defense counts as anything. Okay, that's fair. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: that's yeah, this is one of my favorite ones because very rarely does does West get sucked into a clearly bad team and quarterback. They are a bad so I'm just team. along for the ride, waiting for this to crash <laughs> and Wes having to eat some good old humble pie. It's coming. They're a bad team, but I
5: want you guys to single out the other three bad teams in the NFC East.
4: Well, so they're all. Here they
3: right, we got bad. Some scientist heat coming up right now. We got a split screen up on YouTube. This is the show to check out on YouTube. I'll say it again. NFL uh, <laughs> playlist. Check out. Look at Greg and West. Split. Bring that back. Cowboys haven't
5: won in a month.
3: If these guys get angry at each other now. Colleen, let's just sit it out. Yeah. Oh, what? We perfect. already did
4: get angry. What, uh, what else is there to say? Name calling. Get petty. Uh, I don't like that shirt, Wes. Whoa! Whoa. Not hey. sure if I like it. I like that. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> you like it? I was just saying that. <laughs> oh man.
3: Anyway, so yes, but a big win for the Redskins, and and yes, a very mediocre NFC East. So if you're three and four like the Redskins are now. You're right in the middle of things.
4: Yeah, oh. and then you get to buy, and then you get to go to New England. Save from then the fork, New Orleans, and at, at Carolina. You come out of those three games. Yeah, that's true. If you if the Redskins come out of those three games anything better than four and six, I will buy. You, I will get you a sandwich. Hold on, let me. Get... Who
2: loses the division?
4: Who loses the division? What do you mean?
2: Who's the Who, worst in the division? I don't who's even like care. In just the just of the division?
4: I think it is the
3: Redskins. I think Greg feels yeah, the same I, way, I but, but I don't, the don't think Redskins. there's a big difference. They
5: have
4: Patriots, Saints, Panthers, and you said if they come out, if they come out any better, if they if they go two and one in those three games, because if they don't go two and one, they're going to be four and six. You know, after 10 games, there's really, you know. Then they play much.
5: the Giants and Cowboys, which are easy wins. No,
4: I
3: just realized, by the <laughs> there's way.
5: There's no easy win. Wes, I did realize by one.
3: you're in a tough spot right now. <laughs> the Patriots are your favorite team. They're your they're new They're not my favorite you team. You carry the I water up and down the hill for because they them. win every year. You respect them. They're great. They run a great operation. Then, the two teams that have your most hardcore narratives right now, the Dolphins and Redskins, <laughs> the next two weeks, the Pats get them. That's you got true. narratives on the line and your number one team.
5: they narratives. The Dolphins are a good team. The Redskins Narrative. are a bad team in the, of the balance. Television.
4: The Pats revenge tour. They're gonna take out all of Wesleyan's stable of boys. That's. I don't. I hate that
5: I'm stuck defending the Redskins because they're a bad team. They're just in a bad division. Hurt to
4: the ground after Tom Brady's through with it.
5: It's the same reason I wanted to keep the Jaguars alive because (laughs) I knew the Colts were a bad, bad football team. Okay.
3: All right, let's stick in the NFC East since it's such a fun division to talk about. The Meadowlands. East Rutherford, New Jersey, right off Route 3, Colleen. I know you know the area well. I know it. Dwayne Harris scored on a 100-yard kickoff return minutes after the Cowboys, his former team, by the way, had tied the game in the fourth quarter. It was the key play in a 27-20 win for the Giants over the Cowboys. Wes, the Cowboys are now 0-4 without Tony Romo. They've gone from 2-0 to 2-4. Is this, all these struggles, is this all about the QB play?
5: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And this sandwich you're going to give me for the Redskins, just give it to me for our McFadden Castle proposition, which McFadden, you know, put <laughs> one on him
0: today. Oh, yeah. Oh,
5: yeah.
3: The heat between
4: the signs <laughs> Yeah, I want to... I should... I forget the science. <laughs> oh, thing. you're a little flustered. You got me flustered because I want to check out something. At a certain point, Wes, you have to be responsible as an NFL.com. Oh!
0: Sorry.
4: The headline to this game on NFL.com, the second, second thing... In the stack right now, or I, I believe they've changed it, uh, which is good. They made a good editorial decision. Yeah, McFadden's breakout game ruined by loss to Giants. Like, that was the big takeaway, was Darren McFadden having a big game. Not the what fact, was the big takeaway? Not away. the fact that Castle had three interceptions. <laughs> you could have gotten there. Or the Giants won the game. Or Dwayne Harris, a guy who was on the Cowboys you know, beat of the Giants are now in first place. Oh, it was Darren McFadden's big day. That's, he was that's, the story of the game. <laughs> they lost the game. They out- they won t- dominated time possession, had twice as many
5: first downs, and almost twice as many yards. The
3: editor-in-chief and Greg coming out right now.
5: I'm not
4: going to put a punt returner as, like, the story of the game. Sorry. It is crazy, though. No no contract got picked on more than Dwayne Harris, because he got a lot of money from the Giants, being like, why would the Giants pay that much money to the Cowboys' punt returner? And wasn't it? it was. I'm sure they would say it's all worth it just for this one play.
5: Well, Jerry was... Jerry Jones was a little... He admitted after the game, it was hard to see Dwayne Harris being the one to give him the loss.
4: Mm.
5: Especially when the next play, well, not the next play, but shortly after Dwayne, they tie the game, the Cowboys come back and tie the game, Castle had a great pass, and on the very next play, Dwayne Harris, 100-yard kickoff return, and shortly thereafter, Cole Beasley, the Cowboys punt returner, Mm. muffs the fumble and the game, and that would have been Dwayne Harris returning the punt if he still played for the Cowboys.
3: How about
2: Orleans Darkwa today?
3: Orleans Darqua. One.
2: one touchdown for him. That was nice. I wasn't I didn't <laughs> know
3: who he was. Tulane grad. I started, um, I started to get texts from my buddies in New York that are Giants fans. and They're like, Darqua, Darqua And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? <laughs> Apparently, he's someone in the Did NFL. Did you know it had
5: to do with football?
3: No. I just thought <laughs> maybe they were just just nonsense or something going
5: on.
2: It's a great name, know. for well, sure.
5: they Rashad Jennings hasn't really made plays all year except that one special teams play he made. He's been really slow as a running back, so it doesn't surprise me that they went to Orleans Darkwa and Shane Vereen over Jennings in most of this
4: game. Well, and Andre Williams, who they're kind of not really buying into.
5: Well,
3: he doesn't really. I I will throw that. I don't like this Giants team, but I will throw them a bone here. They are a 4-3. They're in first place, and they're doing it without Odell Beckham Jr. being even close to his Michael Jordan form, um, Wes, to bar some of your past analysis. He is not the same guy right now. That And that—that that is something I you have to be very wary of. I mean, I think he was 5 for 33 today, something very pedestrian. So it's a big difference with that team when they don't have a guy that's just tearing apart defenses on a weekly basis.
5: He would have broken the Internet again today because in the exact same spot on the field with the exact same guy in coverage, right here, oh, almost so. pulled in another spectacular catch, and Brandon Carr got away with pass interference the whole 30 yards down the field. He was grabbing his arm the whole way there. There's and the they difference didn't call
3: between day. this year and last right there, though.
4: Although I feel like I've heard, Where's the magic? I've heard that luck. five different times this year that oh, that Odo Beckham almost made the catch that broke the internet. There was one on the sidelines that was right. out of bounds. It's like, That's all we're well, going to hear
5: about, it Just happened, once. Which is luck. Last year's catch was luck, too.
4: Hmm. Wow. It took a lot of skill.
3: Can you do that 10 times out of 10? No. it's. Low. But he was, when we talked about him all through the offseason, the guy that had, you know, Jerry Rice ceiling type talent. He's and still that he's guy. Been, he's just been a guy we, this year. We've
5: talked about this. He's drawing more attention than any wide receiver in the league. And it's a one of the reasons why Eli Manning isn't get, getting sacked behind a horrible offensive line.
4: To your point, though, about a lousy division, I'm not getting too excited about any team who gives up 460 yards to a <laughs> castle-led Mm. Uh, Cowboys team oh, doubled in, doubled in first downs, and I don't <laughs> doubled in first downs. And for the most of the day, the Cowboys look better, and, and the Ca- Giants have gotten a few close wins. They've had a few close losses. You're right that they're all bad. I agree, and I don't,
3: and I don't forget the Monday night performance by the no. Giants either. I mean, the 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 point is, Wes. None of these teams are good.
5: Thank you guys for admitting,
3: and that is not something that's needed to, to admit be admitted. That. We've always we've all been on the same page of that. It's just the Redskins are a little bit worse. We should be forking somebody in that division. Somebody
4: right, Carl, what, has to fork. You know, as a new member of the fork committee, it's a big spot for you. Where do you come down on the whole Redskins uh, NFC East? In Redskins in gate. I think a we, we lot, call lot it. of
2: lot of pressure here, yeah. but Just speak your mind. Yeah, no, I mean, the they looked they definitely looked better today, and I think their defense that front that's they've been playing well. It's tough when you don't really have a running game to get going when you're playing from behind a lot. So it's sort of hard to get a temperature on them right now. But you could say that about. Stop a lot dancing of around,
4: Wolf. Give I know. I'm trying line. to stop this! Give <laughs> <laughs> us Did the Kirk bottom Cousins. Line. Fire you up after.
2: That? I wouldn't fork them after this week.
4: Ooh.
3: Well, I wouldn't either. I mean, ooh. They, you know. All right. They, they got the win. I'm gonna. Let's
4: see what happens next week now.
2: But only because the division you is guys so bad. Are the...
4: the chowder heads that were saying gotta be bold gotta be bold oh be
3: bold. no I wanted to fork them last week but it's like I like, like now being
4: like, you bold know. for
5: teams I don't like
4: well so that's that's what I'm we're still doing.
5: regretting being bullied into uh, forking the Jaguars.
4: Bullied into. Bullied. Bullied, bullied by Dan into you, forking no, 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 the Jaguars. No, no, no,
5: no. What you happened? Said, Why were
3: you bullied? No, they they. Because Dan. They got
5: Dan maybe promised that if they lose to someone, I would fork them. I didn't. Even damn. though I knew that the Colts are an
3: awful football team. <laughs> I did not put a gun to your head. They got beat by you a crappy team. You guilted me into it. They've been getting beat by crappy teams all year. By the way, they almost blew this game. If you cue
5: up the producer enough times to
3: say it's about me, it's gonna make me feel guilty, and then I go along with your bullying. <laughs> I did not. It's ask about that. me.
2: <laughs> I was waiting though. for it.
3: <laughs> All right. That's it. Colleen, are you leaving us now? We're going to get to the Sunday night game uh, next. Um, so we're going to say goodbye to
2: you. Okay, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, You, you don't, you don't have to say goodbye. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> you
3: want to go surfing. Unless or you want to just hang out, you know, for another hour.
2: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go home and watch the rest of
3: this game. <laughs> well, you did a very nice job. Thank well, you. There's no need for a committee to decide whether I'm not, not going to get forked. Colleen needs to be forked. She is um, a... Uh, Talented. There we go. Successful.
2: <laughs> Stop there.
3: And exciting. Um, talent here at NFL Media. And we would love to have you back next week.
2: Thanks. I'll, I'll come by.
4: Perfect. You don't even need to right. Right. invite like her that? next time. Yeah. You like that? Oh, she's so <laughs> just like. She's just there. On the old skid. Well, someone tweeted at me. It's like. You know, I want, you know, let's push to have Colleen be a permanent part of the show. Well, how much more permanent does it need to be? It, All right, how about it's this? It's permanent. Okay. You're here. You're part of the yeah. show. You were part of the heroes at the beginning. It wasn't like, this and a great. special guest. It was just like Colleen Wolf, Chris Wessling, and me. And the, the <laughs> actions speak louder. Yeah. And Colleen, we'll see you next week. Okay. And that
3: takes us to Sunday Night Football and the Carolina Panthers. Get excited, Charlotte, and the surrounding areas. Your team is 6-0, a 27-16 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a game in which Cam Newton uh, threw for almost 200 yards and a touchdown, Jay Stewart, our boy, 24 carries, 125 yards. Uh, a nice little performance. Not what you would call, Greg, the most exciting game in the world, but this was what good teams do. when They don't have you know big impact players are going crazy, but they're a better team. They take care of business. In their building, and that's what
4: Carolina did. I think it was exciting if you're Ron Rivera and you're watching K1 Short bust through the line. You're watching a team run the ball. This is basically Ron Rivera's vision, and I'm thinking when we're watching the Eagles get the ball at the end of the game with a couple chances to tie or maybe win the game, and they don't even really get close. It, this was the old Eagles that, you know, you expected so much out of their offense, and instead the Panthers just totally shut them down. They didn't even cross midfield threatening to, to score. Talk about the old Eagles. This looks like the old
5: 2013 Panthers, mm. that the ones that stole our hearts and we made them the team of ATL. I would be fine were, with
4: it the, if they were the team of ATL right now. I've never, to fallen, watch. I've never fallen out of love. They say your first love is mm. the toughest one to break. I mean, I still love watching Cam Newton. Some fun defense. The genius has no clothes.
3: Oh, I see what you did there. We. How long you been sitting on that we one? Want, I actually just came <laughs> up with them. Very proud, uh, but. We once said or once believed potentially that Chip Kelly's offense was so good that it was quarterback proof. And they do not have a good quarterback. Sam Bradford is not good. We get a weekly reminder of it. Uh, Tonight was just another one. And it just goes to show Chip Kelly, for all his, 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 his smart thinking and different ways of running offenses and getting more plays in a quicker amount of time, he's just like every other coach. If you don't have the quarterback, you don't have the team. Sorry, Chip, you're not special.
4: That's all I got. Well, if you don't have the quarterback and you don't have the receivers, I mean, drops killed them throughout the night, including Miles Austin. What's going on, Jordan Matthews? By the way, he's supposed to have a breakout season. Can't catch anything. Right? He's he's dropping passes. Miles Austin. This is the second game uh, that he's basically ended with a drop. If I remember the Falcons uh, opener correctly. The offensive line isn't playing well. You lose Jason Peters, seven-time pro bowler in what looked to be a serious back injury. So there's a lot of things going on. It's not even just the quarterback. But I think that's to a credit of the, the Panthers, who have played good defense for six straight weeks now. So it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me. Now we wanted to see if the Panthers play some decent teams. They have, and they've taken care of business. We talked about in the preview that they have four legitimate
5: stars on their defense with Thomas Davis, Luke keekley mm. Josh Norman, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and Kwan Short, who's mm. going to get all pro consideration at defensive tackle.
4: And the crazy thing is they haven't gotten almost anything out of Keekley and Davis this year. Davis really hasn't had a good year, I don't think, what? T- until tonight. He, I don't think he's really played particularly well. And Keekley has just been hurt. I think they both had very good nights uh, on Sunday Night Football, and Norman's playing outstanding. Kwan Short, now he gets a little national attention, and I think he'll start getting that Pro Bowl love.
3: It's become a, a bit of a tiresome narrative. We've been talking about it. Cam Newton, MVP. Uh, maybe Again, the numbers aren't there, but he is uh, lording over a 6-0 team now. What did you guys see from Cam today? Did you like what you saw?
4: Three interceptions. I mean, to me, it's a kind of a game that I think about with a lot of this MVP talk. He's been very good, but it, I think it's a full team, and he's not doing as much as Tom Brady's doing, or Aaron Rodgers, or any Dalton, for that matter. I love Cam Newton. I've always... Right I there. Loved watching him. I just don't think he's it's got, quite there. It's kind of gotten to the point where if you don't,
3: you know, shower Cam Newton with praise, you're somehow greatly overlooking what he's been able to do. But it just happens that there are other quarterbacks that are at a much he's a higher top five level. Quarterback. But when he, you're
4: playing he, at the what, level. What level? What? Top five. That's where Damn. I've had him. Top five right now. When you got somebody playing
5: at the level of Tom Brady, I don't. You can talk about Cam Cam Newton all you want, but there's one guy atop the MVP race now, and it's. Tom Brady. Sorry, Kate. No doubt.
4: I love seeing Jonathan Stewart uh, having such a nice couple of games here. I think he's run hard all year. He doesn't have the same explosion, but he's just – I mean, he, he got it, made a big play he, today. He's, he's, he doesn't even have
5: the same explosion he had down the stretch last he's year. Not che- but he's, he's running not in them on any No, runs. I
4: agree.
3: And you take a look at the upcoming schedule here uh, for the Panthers – they got home to Indianapolis. Nice spot for them there. To get to 7-0, you would think. They would be in good shape. And then that's, here's the game. Now, we want to figure out how good are the Panthers. Home against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That's a good game to watch week uh, uh, nine. I'm already nine. forward to that. Yeah, that's a great one. Maybe get, throw Wes a bone, give him that game. Unless you want it, Greg, but I'll stay out
0: of this.
4: I'll take it. and by It's it's funny that we're just looking past the the old Cam Newton and Andrew Luck on Monday Night Football. Now, there's a game for some narratives. We won't even get into it, but there's a narrative game if I ever heard one. Andrew Luck at his lowest moment in his career, I would say, and Cam Newton riding higher than he ever has. i have already started
3: the
5: narrative. Look at
4: that.
3: There you go. I've enjoyed this podcast tonight especially because there is a lot of scientist heat, but it comes out of a place of begrudging respect,
4: yes or no? (laughs) That's, it's not even begrudging respect. We were having heat even when the, the cameras are off about nonsensical issues.
3: All right, Just how we do. Okay. That's it. Those are the games of Sunday, and it was a, it was a fun week. It was great talking about it with you guys. I love talking football with you guys. And um, so I'm thankful. It's not Thanksgiving yet, but I'm saying that I'm <laughs> thankful. Uh, Mark Sessler will be on a plane if he goes to sleep tonight and then uh, gets up and then makes the flight. A lot of things. if
4: he goes to a, lot ifs. A, a lot of
3: there's a lot of There's like a Ryan mallet thing going on and, uh, here. and nothing
4: weird happens on the flight
3: nothing weird on the flight no nope, international landings.
4: incidents things have happened on flights <laughs>
3: uh, if all that comes uh you know no incident he will be back in that chair uh, on Tuesday the group will be reunited but thank you very much to Colleen Wolfe for joining us for the full show or just about she did awesome and uh Connie Fox they call her oh yeah So, thank you to Colleen, and uh, thank you guys. We will be back on Tuesday uh, with another big show uh, going over Monday night and look ahead to Thursday Night Football. Maybe our fork discussion will continue. Mm. This is Dan Hanza signing off for The Mailman, The Boss, and TD behind the glass. Till Tuesday!